0: Tune into the Bobcast podcast, chatting about it, making you laugh. Got the internet fired up, streaming fast. From the lounge with the Ouija board, summoning the past. Seeing the future, animated and creative, totally articulated. Anytime you want to hear it, you can turn it on and play it. Oh my Bob, I cast a shout out from your speaker, from your monitor. Got it going on at dot com, episode of content for you. It along and send a link to your brother, to your cousin, to your mom. Never ever 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 turn it off. Ring the alarm up on the river with the stiff light and must get gone. Ah uh, So resolver abstract fantasy brought to you by Bob. Ah ah ah
1: Good afternoon, welcome to another episode of Bobcast. Not in the lounge at all. What would you call this place?
0: Well, it's confidential. To
1: the Confidential Lounge in Philadelphia. My uh, co-host today is Mickey. We haven't had a Bobcast since True Bobcast. In the wake of True Detective, not much in pop culture has uh, caught my attention at all. Except for South Vic is big. We just came up with a new character today. Here, I'll let Mickey introduce him.
0: Hey, how's it going? This is uh, none other than Mitch Vickersburg. You can reach me at 1329mitchdevick.com. Middle Mitch the Vic, vickersburg at gmail.com's dead.
1: So yeah, South vickersburg has got a brother. <laughs> <laughs> the brother of Vic is big. It's Middle Mitch. So here, uh, sitting in the confidential lounge, I'm looking around, I see a lot of different things. I see the samurai sword from Kill Bill. I see Preacher. I see uh, Gravity. I see a plethora of shoes pass the mic over here for a brief description synopsis of the madness known as Mickey's shoe collection.
0: Welcome to the confidential lounge there, Bob World. As you could uh As you mentioned earlier, he, there's a plethora of pop culture littered throughout my uh, confidential lounge here. And uh, a lot of it consists of footwear, shoes. I'm an avid uh, sneaker collector slash wearer slash enthusiast slash reseller.
1: Let me ask you a question. Is the reason the shoes are organized this way is from freshest like is there is there any like type of like hierarchy here like these reebok pumps over here, the insta pumps are the cool ones compared to the Nikes?
0: There definitely is a method to the madness. Uh, It's the purchase order of this particular set we're looking at here. Uh, If you look all the way to the left, you'll have a pair I purchased in 2007, followed by a pair I found in a basement in 2008, followed by a pair I purchased in 2009, 2010, 10, 12, 12, 13, 14,
1: 14. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Uh, What would your uh, favorite pair of shoes be in this apartment?
0: They're not even on display. They are the uh, brand new Kobe 9 Elite model, uh, influenced by none other than 1500s Renaissance Italian artist Michelangelo. Uh, I had to buy them a size and a half, or I'm sorry, a half size too small. And I can't wear them until I'm certain that I can't trade them for a uh, size 11, which is what I currently really need. But they're my favorite. How
1: are you trying to do that? How are you trying to uh, trade it?
0: Well, through Craigslist, uh, there's a lot of resellers out there that just try to buy shoes and sell them and not wear them. So I buy them and wear them, and I got a size too small, and I'm going to try to just trade a reseller who won't notice a price decrease for the half-size decrease, if that makes any sense. I noticed there's no low-tops.
1: They're all high-tops.
0: That's a good uh, observation there. I mean, my running shoes are low-tops.
1: Where's the low-tops? I don't have
0: any low-top Air Jordans. But I have some low-top running shoes.
1: We got shoes over here. <laughs> we got shoes next to the bed.
0: Yeah, they're my dress shoes. They're my work
1: shoes. I know. Okay, I see. That's kind of high-top, though. are your running shoes?
0: These are my old running shoes. They're, uh, out of 677 in the world, these are the 502nd pair ever made. Yeah, I ran a couple hundred miles in those bad boys. And then again, my Reebok Pumps, the aforementioned Insta Pumps. Which just came out 20 years after they were originally released. He's uh, quite a memory here. I had him in seventh grade with Mr. Delusia and uh, Miss Pearlstein. <laughs> Let's
1: talk about this. What's this right here?
0: This is, is a, a uh, of this, personal
1: podcast so people can see on my Instagram what we're looking at here.
0: To be truth be told, this is a hybrid computer mayhem recording device. If you're looking at the actual screen monitor, it's the first computer monitor my parents ever bought back in 1996. Sony made, PlayStation owned. <laughs> how long does it take to start this thing up? There's a couple steps. You got to press F2 and then the space bar four times.
1: Yeah, information out there. This was the computer was at the disco house in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's actually also Tom Moore's computer. Uh yeah.
1: This is Tom's.
0: The uh, actual computer itself, the hard drive, is Tom Moore's. uh, Andy Hawkinsmith and I kind of borrowed it from him one day when we were all living in East East Falls, and then just never gave it back and proceeded to record a couple albums on it and little samplers.
1: It's a nice place you got here. What? How many inches you got on the TV here? It's uh, sixty inches there. Sixty inches. Tomorrow, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street Blu-ray comes out, and I guess it'll be a long overdue thing to get together and do a true Wolf. Bobcast, commentary on the entire epic. <laughs> four hours. <laughs> we could probably do that in four parts. So yeah, we're sitting here in the blue... Oh, actually, I guess you call it gray couch in the confidential lounge. We did a little bit of South Vickersburg early, earlier today. Uh, yeah, it was... It's uh, They're hard to do. You gotta get the right person on the other uh, line. In the news today, uh, the flight was found. Oh, yeah? So,
0: uh... You got any conspiracy theories for the audience out there? Oh, you know I do. I heard, last I heard, the plane was intercepted by a Stargate, traveled back into time, and used to crash into the Twin Towers. Oh, man, <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> oh, didn't see that one coming. But, yeah, it
1: is, uh, it's funny the correlations, I guess, between that and uh, Lost, all the other things that are going on in pop culture, how they're now being referenced in the real world. I read today that it's going to be hard to hear where the black box, which is actually not black, it's orange, is. How you can locate it is, it, is a metronome on it that releases a ticking. And it's a ticking that you can hear underwater, anywhere, I guess, you know. So hopefully uh, they find it and uh, people have some
0: sort of ideas of what's going on. Yeah, to be honest, ever since this story broke, I'm not too interested in it. I mean, I feel bad for the families, the lives lost and whatnot, but... um. Day after day, CNN coverage with these seemingly uh, fantasy headlines of like, plane may have, you know, been, abduct- you know, whatever. It's just like, yo, yeah, we get it. The plane's not there. Let us know if you find it. Peace.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a strange mystery out there. Other than that, I, there's not, what else is going
0: on in the world? Anything? Not much, right? It's been a pretty slow year. Nothing's even going on, man. Everything seems to have chilled the F out. We were talking about The Walking Dead
1: earlier today. One of the reasons we don't have a Walking Dead Bobcast is that it's hit or miss for me. Sometimes I like it a lot, sometimes I really don't. Upon arrival at the Confidential Lounge, I was uh, introduced to a couple compendiums of uh, The Walking Dead comic book, which I feel is, from just a few panels I saw, far superior to what we see on TV. My main problem with it this year is that we're moving around too much and we're not focusing within, like, a story that matters, really. I mean, look at the flowers. What, you know, what was
0: that? Yo, I got to pause that because look at the flowers resonated deeply with me. I walked in to my buddy's apartment, and it was at that moment. I just came back from commercial break, and moments later, uh, Carol mm-hmm. told the little one to look at the flowers, and we were just slack-jaw-yokel, dropped to the floor shit, like, what just happened? And, yo, I got to say for network television or whatever you want to call it, that's boundary. That's envelope pushing, and that's cool, uh, you know, considering the source material so goddamn graphic, man. They they really try to get it through like that, uh, you know, the best they can. I know they're limited, but that was all. I liked it. I got to disagree with you. Yeah,
1: it happens. Disagreement. Uh, for me, the strong episodes were the ones at the beginning of the year where we were alone with uh, Carl and Rick. We really haven't seen them since the beginning of uh, season 2B or, or, you know, second part of the season. It, it, I don't know. I mean, where is it going to go? Terminus, is it seems to me that they keep repeating the same type of plot thing. Like, they find somewhere it's not what they think it's supposed to be. There's problems. I
0: don't know. I mean, how far, How many seasons do you think this show is going to last? The way the comic book is set up, it's infinite. It's never going to end. And uh, rotational characters and uh, how many the, – The the audience is strong. It's growing. People are reacting well to it and things like that, like I said, pushing the envelope. And that's going to get more viewers and it's going to go. I think it's going to go for a couple more seasons.
1: All right, hypothetically, there's a real zombie invasion. Everyone starts changing down here. How, how the hell are you going to get out of the city? Roof. The roof.
0: What, are you, Brad Pitt? I am uh, proud to admit that I uh, do not eat for 20 days a year. I fast and I understand that in a basement. There are hot water heaters, which contain a couple, 40 gallons of water. And I think I could do 20 days on just water. So I'll just lay up on the roof for 20 days. Not me. I'll be out in the burbs.
1: I'll go right down to the guy's house, do all I know is uh, packing the heat. And then I'll just cower in his corner and let him do all the shooting. I I probably would have to. I I don't know. I mean, what would you do? There's a theory on the show. Is it in the comic books, the the smart guy with the mullet? He says that uh, dinosaurs were taken out by the zombie plague six billion years ago.
0: That's a dope theory. It wasn't in the comic book, now.
1: I like that theory. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. Like the idea that that's what takes out inhabitants of the earth. Yeah, it's good. Uh, fans of the comic book know that that uh, theory might be some foreshadowing if you know what I'm talking about. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler-wise, what can you tell us? How close is it right now, the TV show, to the comic book? Well, we got our... As a matter of fact, <laughs> now you got to understand that um it's kind of been jumping from the end to the beginning, like echoing the end in the beginning since it started. And it's just at the beginning of the second compendium right now, which is issue 4950. They're currently on issue 110, 112, something like that, 120 maybe, I don't know. And uh it does a good job of taking like what happens in the end of the comic book series and the beginning merging them, digesting them crapping them out and uh, making it happen
1: let me ask you a question
0: as a matter of fact
1: <laughs> do you think that Rick
0: Grimes will ever die in the series? negative Negative. and yo I gotta just be honest my personal problem with Rick Grimes' character is the hair the hair the hair, it just ruins it for me what, the the way the guy looks on TV? That's right. His hair looks like uh, Chia Pet had braids. I don't like it.
1: Well, what about the governor? The governor's very different looking in the comic book.
0: How would you describe him in the book? Emilio Estevez's love child with Angelo Jolie. Jolie. He's a, <laughs> you an know, offspring. Uh, he's like a dirty, I don't know, Mexican-Italian uh, hybrid in the book, and he's tough as nails. In the comic, he's like a waspy... You know, forlorn, know-it-all, wannabe. Uh, he came through in the end. He came through, but in the beginning, I wasn't feeling it.
1: Uh, the Walking Dead. There's nothing else uh, really going I mean, I watch Hannibal. You got to get in with that. Hannibal's a, a show on NBC that's got the worst time slot ever. Friday night's at 10. Nobody's watching it at 10 o'clock on Friday night. They're mostly watching on Netflix or on demand. Bobcast. <laughs> Precisely 5 20
0: in the afternoon in the city of Philadelphia in the Confidential Lounge. Where we left off with the True Bobcast sessions was talking about obsessions and how they factor into our lives. The Bobcast and I, we are relatively obsessive compulsive people, have a little bit of Tourette's, whatever. And recently I've stumbled upon a new little word game that I like to call debauchery. And if I could talk about this obsession that I have with debauchery, I would really appreciate it. It starts off with a deity, a mythical creature that you can never take the name in vain of. And uh, that mythical creature is a conch shell. And his surname is Conch, the Conch. And he created what we know as debauchery. Now debauchery starts... At it's most primitive state. As launching the ranch. Now after you launch the ranch. You're into a realm of debauchery. And in that realm of debauchery. You can do several things. You can take precautions. And you can haunch the ranch. Or you can hammer home the ranch. By crunching the ranch. But if you're not feeling too into it. You could always haunch the paunch, and if you don't want to haunch the paunch, then you might as well staunch the ranch. You can get to a certain level where you can interact as Eve Saint Laurent and relaunch the ranch, and that's my new obsession, ladies and gentlemen: debauchery. Back to you, Bobcast.
1: <laughs> Epic indeed. I've seen the text. I had no idea the
0: mythology, the mythos behind it. A conch. What's up with the conch? You can never speak his name in vain. It's a conch shell named Conch. Speak his name in vain? What do you mean, like.
1: <laughs> like Jesus Christ? Like, what do you mean, like.
0: Yeah, you can't ever say like anything disparaging about the conch. What's this conch look like? It looks like a conch shell. You know the ones you blow into and it's like.
1: <laughs> like the one Piggy had in uh, Lord of the Flies? Precisely. <laughs> now I get it. That movie's full of debauchery. Debauch. debauch debauch I remember reading the book and being like what's going on in this book it's hard to read but now uh, I, I read it again I guess in my adult life and I was like wow this is it's dark where they go
0: let me ask you a question what do you got going on in that book
1: <laughs> We're well, speaking of books we went to uh, Fat Jack's Comics today uh, what street's that on
0: uh, Sansom Street
1: first uh, impression of the store yeah it was nice it had a uh, you know a ramp anytime I got a ramp I got to use it's fun uh, a couple good looking books on the wall, uh, not, nothing golden age, all silver age, not too much of a selection as far as uh, the classics, still no Incredible Hulk 350, I don't know if I ever discussed this in the podcast, I can't find that book in a stack, it's available on eBay but I refuse to buy it, I want to find it in a stack, and I've been looking since last year's Wizard World, which I plan to attend to this year, you gotta come dude, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, fill me in. I'll try to request off. And that's cool that you have grails, like comic books that you need to attain. I uh, I had a list, man. I have a running list. I've been collecting comics since 2006. And every once in a while, I'll miss a comic, I'll fall behind, I'll lose track, I want to pick up an old one, and um, I developed a grail list. But sadly, it's all crossed off, man. I have no um, Hulk 350s to look for.
1: Yeah. I know I Spider-Man 300. That's a pricey one. But it's Todd McFleur, it's the first inter- uh, appearance of Venom.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's...
1: The cover with the black Spider-Man, all black, and the 301 is the same cover with Spider-Man in his classical outfit. Speaking of Spider-Man, he's got a movie coming out. Man, not too much of a fan of the Amazing Spider-Man films. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just doesn't. I don't feel it. I don't. I don't
0: feel like it's real. As I'll tell real, you why. As real as the traffic out this window. I'll tell you why. And uh, I'm not being anti-Semitic here, but Peter Parker's not a Jew. Oh, my God. I'm not being anti man. I'm the just... conch is taking over. <laughs> I'm saying, come on. Andrew Garfield, he's not Peter Parker, dude. I don't buy it.
1: Launch. The raunch. <laughs> Yo, the baunch. Type it in, man. Put in Spider-Man 300. Look at that cover.
0: I'm looking for the Spawn... Uh, oh, the Spawn re-,
1: uh, re- was Reimagination? 150? Was it 150? Mm-hmm. Spawn 150 is... No. Yeah, it's not that... Anyway, yeah, Amazing Spider Man 1. Spider Man's been dead for a year. He's coming back into comics. Odor (laughs) Man.
0: (laughs) Odor Man 300.
1: Uh, Nothing. But uh, yeah, uh, if I had more time, I'd like to check out uh, Locust Comics. Where's that at?
0: I've never heard of that. What the hell is that? Somewhere
1: here in Philly that's made it into um, Spin, I think it was, Spin.com. Yeah, looking at the cover, Amazing Spider Man 300, 301. Awesome. That three hundred one's like two hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, Tom McFarlane is truly like my artist of the life, man. I I I worship that guy. He's the best. We both got the
1: same book, the, the Art of Tom McFarlane, uh, the Art of the Devil, is it? the
0: Devils in the Details. Devil's in the details. I noticed you got a hardcover. I got a soft cover, but whatever. I actually ordered a limited edition autographed hardcover and. Diamond or the comic book store, fudged my order, and I didn't get the autograph. I'm very upset. You paid for the autograph? Negative. But I did tweet Todd McFarlane when he said he was coming into uh, 30th Street Station to see if I couldn't get him this autograph. He never replied. Oof. That's the dreams that are made of. You know what I mean? Meet Stan
1: Lee on a train platform. Uh... Spider-Man, we were talking about that. Yeah, the films just never resonate. Spawn, There's. A, I just recently watched the Spawn film. I think it was 1997. God, it sucks so bad. And it's a shame because it's a great character. And here we're looking at the reimagination cover, Spawn 227. Tom McFarlane did that in a lot of his work. He would recreate classic covers, his covers too, which I think was really cool. He also did one for Action Comics, which I own of Spider-Man throwing a police car into like, a pile of debris. But yeah, his artwork is great. That that book definitely is amazing. I showed it to one of my students recently, and I thought that it was great that my student didn't flip through the book. He just started reading it like he wanted to read the whole book, but there wasn't enough time. And personally, I can't just let that book go with sticky fingers. What do we got here on Twitter? What do you see?
0: Uh, nothing, man. It's just it's a mirage. You're not really looking at that right now.
1: So let me ask you a question. When's the Starving Artist new album coming out?
0: Hi-oh, we're developing a marketing budget right now, www.starvingarts.net, w.soundcloud.com backslash starvingartsnet, at starvingartsnet @starvingartsnet on the aforementioned confidential Twitter. And the product is coming along mighty well, Hawkinsmith, a.k.a. MC Escher. Is really doing a great job on the songs we have finished so far. There's about six, and uh, I'm completely blown away, man. I got to give that guy props. It's sounding really epic. And everybody I show it to is like, that's the one, that's the catchy one, and they all mean a different song, so I'm fucking proud.
1: Ooh, Mike. By the time you hear this podcast, uh, The Downtown Harvest will have already played at the Ardmore Music Hall. Hope- hopefully it was a good show. Uh, if you came out, I appreciate it. Hey, and if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate uh, our. Our few but dedicated listeners out there. So uh, we'll make the announcement right now that sometime this summer we're going to do a live Bobcast at a venue perhaps down here in Philadelphia working on a few details right now. But yeah, we'll have audience participation and it'll be a new type of social event that will revolutionize the way we communicate with each other. (laughs) My name is Bob. This has been another episode of
0: Bobcast. Bobcast.